The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Eagles are at the podium, and we have it all right here, thanks to our magnificent overlords at SB Nation. I'm your host, John Stolnes. Follow me on Twitter, at John Stolnes. Make sure you're also following the podcast at BGN underscore radio as well. We've got three press conferences coming up for you here. The first two will feature Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz's press conferences from after the game on Sunday, and then you'll hear Doug's presser from Monday with the day after reaction. And after this is done, don't forget to check out the latest Kiston Solak show, episode 123. They broke down all of Sunday's loss to the Lions at the link. Some good stuff there from the boys. Uh, But first, uh, just a couple quick thoughts from me reacting to the 27-24 defeat at the hands of the Lions on Sunday before we get you over to the podium. There's no sugarcoating it. This is a terrible loss. I mean, you got to beat a team like the Lions if you want to be a Super Bowl contender, and that leaves the Eagles at 1-2 and on the season. This felt like, for for me, I watched this game and I had flashbacks to 2016. This felt like a loss straight out of the 2016 highlights video. Wentz out there trying to make plays, but had no help from any of the skill positions anywhere. I mean, I had nightmares of Doriel Green Beckham out running around, running routes as I watched Arthega Whiteside and Mac Collins and Nelson Aguilar. When Aguilar was the number one receiver in 2016, this offense looked a lot like that offense where Carson Wentz was just trying to find anybody who could help him do anything. And listen, Carson left some plays out on the field on Sunday. There's no doubt about that. He could have put a few balls here and there in better spots. Uh, the first um, on the first drive, there was a uh, a play in the end zone. Carson Wentz, if he throws it down low a little bit, doesn't throw it high. Maybe he gives his receiver a chance to make the catch. Instead, they kick a field goal. There were, I think, a couple of low leverage pass throws in some crucial spots, some down the field stuff when they needed really could have used some some shorter throws. But without looking at the All-22 just yet, it's it's hard to tell what was available in the middle of the field. We know that the Lions were double-teaming Zach Ertz for much of the game. And having to look to the outside when Ortega Whiteside is getting no separation at all, when Matt Collins is only uh, sporadically making a play, and when Aguilar is having trouble getting open, there's not a whole lot that Wentz can do with the football in those spots. And so overall, I thought, yes, there were a lot of plays to be made, but Wentz threw the ball about as well as you could do. I thought it was 
a heroic performance from Carson Wentz in this one, really trying to find a way to make things happen. But listen to the mistakes that this team had. There were three offensive pass interference plays. There was the first quarter kickoff return by the Lions after the Eagles finally scored opening drive points. We had talked about how this team had been unable to score first quarter points, how they had been unable to score on the first drive of football games. And here the Eagles go up-tempo, which was something that I think really threw the Lions off. The Eagles don't generally go up-tempo, but it was perfect. Let Wentz make some calls at the line. Let him direct traffic a little bit, and it worked. They moved the ball down the field on their first drive of the game, and it ended up giving the Eagles a quick 3-0 lead. Not something we'd seen from this team this year and really going back to last year. We remember in 2017 how every game seemed like a party, and that was because they were scoring a ton of first-quarter points. They turned a lot of games against weaker opponents into laughers right away, and they haven't been doing that. So they go down and they get a field goal, and then they give a kickoff return for a touchdown right back. Of course, that's the first one of those since 2013. That's not something that's going to happen again, and that's what made this game just a little bit weird. But then the Eagles score another touchdown in the first quarter. So they came out of this game with 10 first-quarter points, but yet trailed at halftime 20 to 10 thanks in large part to a couple of offensive pass interference calls against Mac Hollins Nelson Aguilar drops a first down catch on third down after the Lions went up 14 to 10 at the start of the second quarter that was a big drop they were moving the football it's a first down catch every NFL receiver every NFL starting receiver which is what Aguilar is makes that catch the Eagles were driving again. They converted a couple third downs, and Miles Sanders fumbles the ball for the second time on the drive. The first one they managed to recover. The second one they lose. And, of course, we all know about Sanders' fumbling problems in college. You had Aguilar's fumble on the next drive. And then in the second half, Goddard drops the touchdown, which, as as Michael Kist noted on the Kist and Solak show, they got a touchdown on that drive, but it, it was two minutes later. That's, that's time the Eagles could have used later in the game when you're down by two possessions. You have Malcolm Jenkins with the... The, the ticky-tack block in the back call on the blocked field goal return, when they returned it to the 22, instead of having it at the 22, already in field goal position, and you've got the lines on their heels, now you've got the ball at midfield, and you've got to work to get 15 yards, which they should have been able to do, and they would have done, had Matt Collins not dropped a second and 10 pass that would have been a first down and moved the ball inside the 40. You had the Sproles, offensive pass interference on the second-to-last play of the drive. And then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, of course, drops the potential game-winning touchdown or a pass that would have gotten them down to the one-yard line. If they don't give up a kickoff return for a touchdown, if they're not putting the ball on the ground, if Arcega-Whiteside pulls in that pass at the one-yard line, this is a 3-0 team this morning, and we're talking about how the Eagles have managed to, to get away with some with some poor play and yet are 3-0 in the NFC East tied with the Cowboys atop the division. And now you're looking down the barrel of a 1-2 start. And the schedule does this team absolutely no favors moving forward. The Eagles, four and a half point underdogs in Green Bay this week, where they take on a 3 0 Packers team at Lambeau Field on Thursday night. Uh, Brandon Lee Gowton mentioned this note on Twitter. The, the Packers are 65, 16, and 1 straight up as home favorites since the Aaron Rodgers era began in 2008. That is the second best winning percentage in the NFL during that span. And I looked this information up, and this date is a little bit old, but it came from the website 538. Between the years 1990 and 2013, 1990 being when the NFL went to their current playoff format, teams that start the season off 1-2, and two, which is where the Eagles are right now, made the playoffs a quarter of the time. That's some upstream swimming. Teams that start 1-3 and three 
make the playoffs 15% of the time. And BLG noted this, the Eagles have made the playoffs in six out of their last 10 one and two starts to the season. So 60% of the time. And they've won a playoff game in three of those 10 seasons. They finished with a losing record in just one of their last 10 one and two starts to the season. So where the Eagles are right now is not in horrendous shape. They're, they're, they're in okay shape. One and two is not a death knell. What they do here in week four can really determine the course of their season, which is what makes this Green Bay game so scary. The Eagles have made the playoffs in nine out of their last 10 two and two starts, and they've won at least one playoff game in half of those 10 two and two starts. Very, very promising. However, they've made the playoffs in just four of their last 10 one and three starts, and they've won just one playoff game in any of those 10 seasons. So getting off to a two and two start historically for the Eagles in their recent history has been far more likely to result in the kind of outcome that we are all hoping for this year than if they go one and three. Maybe that just seems like a no brainer, but when you look at the numbers, it's even more stark. Four of the Eagles next seven opponents are three and zero, including the Packers this week. They have the Jets at home in week five, which you should win that game even with the personnel they currently have. But then they play three straight road games in Minnesota against the Vikings. And we can laugh at Kirk Cousins all we want to. Kirk Cousins generally beats the Eagles and playing in Minnesota against the Vikings is no easy task. Then you play in Dallas. Dallas had the Eagles number last year. We'll see what happens this season, but the Cowboys are playing some real damn good football and dollars for donuts. They're healthier than the Eagles are right now. Will that still be the case by the time those teams meet in week seven? We'll see. Then they play the Bills on the road. Playing in Buffalo is not easy. The Bills are a flawed team. The Eagles have more talent, but that's not an easy game either. And then you get the Bears at home and then you get Tom Brady at home and then you get Russell Wilson at home. Those are three straight home games, but the Bears and Brady and Wilson are not easy beats. Far from it. And we don't know what this Eagles team is going to look like at that point. Do they have a healthy Deshaun Jackson back? Do they have a healthy Alshon Jeffrey back? It's really been a rough first couple of weeks of the season here. Still time to turn it around. This is certainly not a game the Eagles cannot win on Thursday on Thursday evening against the Packers in Green Bay. But the schedule does them no favors, and they are looking down the barrel of a one and three start. All right. Well, before we head to the podium, just a couple of quick notes. Uh, some milestones passed by Zach Ertz this week. Ertz had a, a nice game, even though he was double covered. His 454 career receptions now surpasses Pete Retzlaff and his career mark of 452. Retzlaff piled up between 1956 and 1966 for sole possession of second place on the Eagles all-time receptions list, trailing only Harold Carmichael's 589. So that is still another 145 more catches to go for Zach Ertz, but if he stays healthy, he probably will end up being the Eagles all-time receptions leader. He's now past 5,000 career receiving yards, becoming just the fourth tight end in NFL history to accomplish that feat in their first 94 career games, joining Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, and Antonio Gates. Ertz also climbed past Brent Selleck for the eighth most receiving yards in franchise history. And one other note, Miles Sanders, if he hadn't fumbled twice, losing one of those fumbles, we'd be talking very highly about his day. He had come into week three having piled up a very inefficient uh, rushing line in his first two starts, but receiving and running the ball, he had a very good day on Sunday when he wasn't putting it on the ground. He contributed a 40-yard reception on the Eagles opening drive, a career long for him, 
That's the longest catch by an Eagles rookie running back since LaShawn McCoy's 45-yard reception in 2009 against Dallas, and it's the longest reception by an NFL rookie running back since Saquon Barkley's 55-yard catch against the Eagles last October. Sanders, who registered the Eagles' top two longest plays from scrimmage in Sunday's game, also added a 33-yard catch in the fourth quarter, the first NFL rookie running back and the only such Eagle since 2000 to record multiple 30-plus yard receptions in a single game since Deontay Freeman of Houston in September of 2017 at New England. So now let's get on to the podium where we're going to hear first from Doug Peterson and then Carson Wentz from their pressers after Sunday's game, and then we'll hear from Doug again with his day-after reaction on Monday. Play calls you take back, or did you like the plan you had no, I wouldn't take any back. Um, we understood exactly what they were doing. They, they obviously uh, were putting pressure with um, you know two guys on Zach and trying to eliminate him. And then we had one on ones across the board, um, and uh, you know it just great defense uh, by them. You know, and um, it's a good learning experience for our guys. Second week in a row, play your play their kind of game. Did you worry about the, this being a deflating kind of thing? I mean, both these games last two weeks were right there. If if, if. Yeah, no, I mean, these guys, it's a good group. Um, talked about it after uh, after the game. I mean, uh, you know, um, this is this is not this is not a defining, you know, moment for our season at all. Again, only three games in, but uh, we got to get some things fixed. We know that. Um, and uh, we're working on a short week this week. I'm watching one of those things, the pass rush, another game where you guys weren't able to get to yeah, I mean, that's something we got to look at, um, generating a pass rush, uh, whether with four, five, six, whatever it is. But, um, you know, guys battled, hung in there. We had opportunities to, you know, make some plays on the ball down the field, didn't do it. Um, but, listen, there's enough to go around in this football game. You know, um, offense, you know, untimely penalties, uh, fumbles, you know, um, drive killers, you know, on offense that kept us from from scoring. Um but uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, um, you know, defense not getting off the field on third down, some third key third down. I mean, it's just there's enough to go around. You just can't point your finger to one thing. I know most of you had two skill guys. And Dallas was backed up. Um, with Carson, though, there's some like there were a bunch of drops in this game. What do you do to make sure he doesn't get discouraged about the players he has with? We just keep battling, keep fighting, go to work tomorrow, short week. Um, you know, uh, got a lot of confidence in the players, and uh, we just gotta, we just gotta keep working. Uh, Miles had those fumbles on one drive, but he came back and played really well this game. What's your assessment of him in this game? Did you talk to him after uh, those two fumbles? Yeah, we just, uh, you know, just told him, hey, we got a lot of confidence in him. Still got a lot of trust in him, and and kept him, kept him out there. I mean, it's the only way you gotta, you know, have trust and confidence in the players to keep him, you know, keep him out there and keep playing and. Uh, I thought he, you know, sort of rebounded from those in the second half with a couple of nice runs. The kickoff returns obviously were good, and um, just a learning a learning moment for for a young running back. And in, in games like this, um, you know, we know we got to take care of the ball. Every game is important, as you said many times. You're going on the road against a tough team, short week. Spectre, if you didn't pull it out of being one and three in a tough division race, does this magnify things a little bit this week? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we're in a we're in a situation where you know we're, we've we've dropped two of these NFC games, you know, here back to back, and we're going on the road again to a, you know another 
tough road environment, a team that I think won today, and um, it's going to be a challenge. You know, it's a challenge, but we're excited for it. We're looking forward to the opportunity, and we just got to go to work tomorrow. What's the reason for the drops from your perspective? I mean, drops drops can be a number of things. It could be uh, one player, lack of focus, just, you know, turn your head, turn your eyes, um, meaning you just got to concentrate all the way through to the catch, through the tuck. Um, if it's a contested catch, obviously you got to be strong to the ball. Um, you know, you look at where the ball is, is the accuracy of the quarterback. I mean, there's there's things that can, can factor into that. But um, today it was probably more on the focus part of it, you know, just got to just got to secure the ball. So for the third straight week, you guys have fallen behind in the game. And how, how much of a strain does it put on an offense to constantly have to kind of come back from behind when you do to address it going forward? Well, I mean, you know, we would love to be ahead, but, but we have a lot of confidence in our offense. Um, and and to be able to put us back in a, in a position to, to win these games, and, and we were there again, you know, uh, the last two weeks we've had opportunity. Um, just got to look at everything, you know. We got trust in our players. Um, you know, defense had some some nice stops, you know, late in this game. Obviously, we had the, the block field goal for an opportunity there. So, um, yeah, a lot of trust in our guys, and we just gotta we gotta execute a little bit better. Well, Sanders had his head almost ripped off. Um, there was no flag on a play. Did the officials give you an ex- explanation why they didn't call anything on that? Um, you know. Not going to get into a whole lot of that, but uh, it appeared on the field that it might have been a might have been a face mask. But uh, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to see, you know. I mean, the game's so fast, and and, uh, and sometimes too where the hand is, um, it, it could still pull a helmet off. Um, but uh, we just got to look at the tape and, and see what happens. We scored fourth and eight uh, late when you're holding three timeouts and the two in the morning coming. Coin flip of a call, or what was your thoughts there? Yeah, you know, situational right there. Um, just going ahead and going for with the three timeouts, I could use them on defense, obviously, and, and uh, we knew they were probably going to run the ball, you know, in that situation, and, and got them to kick the field goal, and you know, it, it worked in our favor, but uh, um, we didn't capitalize on the other end. When you got the ball at midfield uh, after the blocked field goal, it must have been tremendous momentum. And- Motion and it just didn't seem like uh, you know nobody was open. There was nothing. You know, yeah, it was it was it was hard. I mean, what they were you know man coverage, you know, putting pressure with three guys and just you know a lot of double teams across the board with Zach and Nelly and uh, it's a lot of bodies back there to try to try to uh, fit the ball in. Um, but uh, credit them. I mean, it was a good defense and uh, you know we'll take a look at it and, and make our changes. Um, well, I, again, until I really see the film and see what happened, it just appeared like we got we got stuck on blocks on the backside and the ball bounced outside, uh, which can't happen, and, and, and obviously touchdown. Is there one mistake that kind of haunt you a little bit from the whole team this game? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you'd love to have the kickoff return, you know, back, obviously there, um, you know, and, and, and offensively. Um, we had a couple untimely, you know, OPIs that uh, were big plays in the game. That could have been big plays, even the one with Darren, you know, late in the game. Plays like that, you know, we, we've got to fix. We've got to correct because those are obviously game, you know, plays that can help us win these games. I think Carson played. Thought he played well. Thought he played well. He, uh, we did some things this game that, you know, give him some opportunities to make some calls at the line of scrimmage based on what they what they presented, and uh, he managed that extremely well. Uh, played well, played tough, um, made some great throws, uh, thought, he, thought he played well.
Okay. Thank you. Yeah, it is frustrating. You know, it's it's the National Football League. You know, you got a couple chances within each game that kind of make or break the ball game. And, uh, you know, we had the ball at the end of the game, chance to win, and uh, we came up short. So uh, it's obviously frustrating, but, you know, we got a, we got a quick turnaround, so we got to look at our, look ourselves in the mirror, um, see where we can get better, and uh, come out flying on Thursday. Carson, you got off to, the, to a really good start in the first quarter. What was different leading up to this week that maybe might have played into that? Um, I don't think many things different. You know, I think we were able to come out um, early and, and put something together. You know, we had a lot of the tempo stuff going and uh, guys were flying off the ball and making plays. So uh, that was good to see. And then obviously we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit early on there after that. So uh, we got to be better. I got to be better and uh, we'll learn from it. The last two drives, Carson, uh, when you have a chance to, to go down and get a touchdown to win, what, how could you have been better? Um, I mean, I love to, love to get in the end zone. At the end of the day, get in the end zone. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and look at the tape. You know, there's a lot of things going on within those plays and, and no huddle communicating and everything. So, um, you know, I'm going to go have to really go take a hard look and see where I can be better personally. But um, like I said earlier, super frustrating to have a shot like that um, and, and to come up short the way we did. What was the feeling like after Malcolm's blocked field goal? What were you to tell the guys? I mean, everyone was... Uh, everyone was staying positive. You know, everyone was pretty optimistic. We just needed, you know, uh, I don't know what it was, 20 yards to, to be in field goal range and, and try and go win the ball game first and foremost. And uh, obviously, we, we didn't get that done. Did, did you feel like you, you guys were executing for the most part of moving the ball? It just seemed like, you know, the turnovers and, and the drop pass here or there. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I got to watch the tape a little bit, but I do know, you know, earlier, early on, I thought we were moving the ball well. You know, we shot ourselves in the foot a few times, and um, then down the stretch, we just didn't make the plays uh, and execute the way we know we can uh, when it really mattered. So that's frustrating, but like I said, we got to move on. I know you guys are missing your top two receivers, but the drops, from your perspective, uh, how difficult is that for a quarterback when you feel like you're making plays and it's not good? Yeah, it's part of the game. You know, guys are going to drop passes. We're going to put the ball on the ground. I'm going to throw picks. We're going to miss reads. Things happen. Guys make mistakes. And uh, anytime, you know, somebody makes a, you know, drops a pass or something like that, I make sure I go right up to them, tell them it's coming their way the next time. Um, and, and just try and keep building them up, stay positive. It, again, it's frustrating. No one wants to make mistakes, but uh, there's nothing you can really do about it and just uh, keep building those guys up. What was your, what, what was the play call on the, the last play, the one to JJ? What was your, what was your first read? Um, there was a couple, there was a crossing route and another crossing route, and then he was outside uh, running the post. So, um, yeah, we were able to uh, get, get a one on one matchup and, you know, tried to find something inside and, and gave him a shot, and we just didn't make the play. Does the play look much different without Sean and Deshaun? Um, I wouldn't say dr drastically. You know, obviously, you know, when you have a guy like Deshaun, you know, the, the shot plays are, are usually a little more involved, but um, I think guys really rallied around each other and, and Mac and JJ and, and you know using Miles out of the backfield a little bit this week, um, you know just being creative with how we can create mismatches and everything. So uh, I'm really confident in the game plan. I thought we executed for the most part uh, pretty well. We just came up short. You, you, Dallas, mentioned, uh, you mentioned going back to a guy after he drops it or something goes wrong. That happened to Mike Drives earlier in the game. Miles fumbled once, got it back, and it fumbled again. Is that do you make a, a, a more concerted effort to go talk to him? Like you know. What do you, how do you kind of handle a situation like that? Yeah, I mean, that was obviously within the drive, so I don't, I don't really know what to, to speak on that. Uh, he knows that's something he's, he's got to work on. We all got to be better, and, uh, and I'm not going to address too too much into that. Carson Dallas was out there a little bit, but it was really limited. Yeah. Late game call. 
all those guys and Deshaun and Allshot, did that affect the game planning? Why there were so many empty sets and, and try to catch them off guard? Um, I think it, it had a lot to do with what Detroit liked to do on film. You know, I think we we saw where we could you know attack and do some different things. And um, again, I thought we executed it okay. Could have been better. You know, I'll go back and watch the tape and see where we can improve. But um, I think it just had a lot to do with what Detroit likes to do on defense. It's really early, obviously, but you guys have. Tough turnaround here. It's a team that's 3-0. So, yeah. what's the urgency like right now? Obviously, there's a high urgency. Um, you know, it's coming off two losses first and foremost, but we got a game on Thursday. You know, I, sometimes I think that's crazy how fast we got to turn around, but, um, you know, no one feels bad for us. We don't feel bad for ourselves. We're going to get back to work right away uh, tomorrow morning and, uh, you know, be full speed ahead for Green Bay. Turnarounds, is, is it good to have that quick turnaround, would you say? Uh, um, I mean, you could argue it either way. You know, honestly, we're gonna we're gonna flush this one down and uh, move on, and again, just see where we can improve and make make the plays that we left out here uh, today. Last week, you talked a lot about how frustrated you were. There were a lot of frustrating parts of that game uh, that were out of your control. What is your uh, level of frustration after a loss like this? Um, you know, the biggest thing for me is just, you know, having a chance to win late in the game, uh, you know, with those two drives and coming up short. Um, it's it's really frustrating and. Um, it's it's something that we got to we got to be better. I got to be better. And um, you know, again, hats off to Detroit. You know, they they did a good job late in the game and, and kind of you know doing some different things to throw us off. And uh, we just didn't get it done. What kind of things were they doing different? Uh, they just did some different coverage things with you know doubling Ertz and doing some different things, and um, then not doubling Ertz and doing some different things. So um, again, just hats off to 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 them, and, and they played a good ball game. Did mention Darius Slay. It's a big part of their defense. Were you aware when he went down, tweaked his hamstring? Is that something? Yeah. You say you got to go after that side. Yeah, we, we. I mean, we were aware right away. You know, we took a shot to Mac the next play uh, down the sideline, and we just didn't make it. They called the offensive pass interference, but um, yeah, we were aware. And, and Darius is a great player. He's a great player. Means a lot to that defense. But again, hats off to, to those guys. They had a good good game plan for us. You mentioned getting Miles out. How wide is that? Simply because of the speed. Is he you know fairly good route runner for being a rookie? Like. What, why put him out there? Yeah, I mean, it came down to Miles getting scrolls out there. We had Jordan Howard out there. It was just a lot of, um, again, what we saw on tape and maybe creating some mismatches. And obviously, Miles is an explosive guy. So you, you can get the ball in his hand. You saw him catch that, that seam ball out of the backfield. And um, he's an explosive guy and creates some mismatches with some linebackers. So we try to use that uh, as best we can. You know, the three offensive passes in the Paris Valley is a good have you seen that before a game where it's kind of been called that way? Um, I mean, obviously that stuff happens in a ball game. Um, they're tough. It's hard to say whether they were or weren't. Um, little little ticky tack calls here and there, but uh, again, I didn't I didn't get a good look at either of them or any of them. So uh, it's frustrating, especially when you have a big play and it's called offense pass interference, and uh, obviously puts you in a, in a really tough spot. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Again, I didn't get a good look at it, so I'm not going to speak on uh, what I thought of the call or anything. But uh, it's definitely tough because, it, like I said, puts you in a tough situation. That last throw to JJ down by the goal line on the fourth down. Um, what did you see on that? Uh, would you like to let a little bit further? Or how did you see that play? Yeah, again, he was um, kind of the third option in just that progression and everything. And, um, you know, just tried to give him, give him a shot. You know, obviously wish I would have completed it, got the ball maybe out there a little further. Um, again, I didn't get a great look at that one either. But, um, yeah, we just, we just didn't make the play, and uh, we will next time. Thank you, guys. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Morning. Oh wait, just good afternoon. On Darby and Dillard. Um, I'm getting more information on Darby, uh, so I'll have something later for you, uh, either later today or you know tomorrow when the coordinators speak. Um, just getting more information on him. And what was the second one? Dillard. Dillard is okay. Yeah, Dillard's fine. Have you heard from the league? Have you heard from the league on the, the kickoff return? Um, no, I have not. It, it, it may be uh, it may be a couple of days before we get any information on that. Okay. So is it to see the uh, to look at the uh, block in the back on the kickoff on the uh, block? I just park. saw the clip on on tape. We've actually been focused on Green Bay uh, today. We we won't watch this game uh, at all. Uh, we're we're getting ready for Green Bay right now. So I haven't really I haven't really spent any time looking at it. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, even at the clip I saw on the TV, is it's hard to tell. What about, what about the three offensive pass interference calls? I mean, I guess... I agree with them. I agree. Yeah, they were push-offs, and we can't do that. We know that. Uh, can't do it. What happened with uh, Jason Peters? He left for a little bit and said with an illness, and then he came back in the second half. Yeah, just uh, you know, a little nausea. Uh, I don't know if it was from the heat or what, but just, just some nausea there. Yeah, he was fine. You know, it was good after that. Anyway, not watching this game and, and you know the mistakes you want to teach from but also preparing for being back you, you can't i mean it's 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 a tough thing uh you know to do um you know we've been we've been actually working on green bay for a few days um you know we do get the players later but um as coaches we got to prepare and get ready for thursday night i've got to i've got to flip the script now we can come back and when we get some time and watch this game and, and make corrections from that. But at the same time, um, gosh, we got a game in a couple of days, so we're, we're right on to Green Bay. How much drops the game? Are there teaching points, or do you try to make sure guys forget it? How do you go about that? Teaching points? Yeah. Catch the ball. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just focus, you know, it's just focus and, and concentration. And we got to make sure that we do, uh, we do a better job there. And we just continue to, to work it in practice, throw it to them, whether it's an in individual work or get on the drugs machine, you know, like guys do uh, before and after practice. We, we got to continue to do that. Doug, there have been spots in the two previous seasons where you guys, to an outsider, it might look like you could have gone one way or another. You lose Carson in 2017. You're heading to L.A. last year, needing to win out, basically, to get in the playoffs. How much of it all do you draw on that? Can you draw on that? Or is this just totally different? No, I think you can. I think you can, you can. You know, we can totally relate to, to our circumstances uh, the last couple of seasons. Um, but the one thing I think that, for me, as the head coach, that stands out in these, these last couple of games are, are just, you know, the self-inflicting wounds. You know, the, the things, the turnovers, the penalties things that have cost us yards or cost us uh, points and and obviously these these two games and then so if we just if we just eliminate that I mean take the injury aside you know we, we have a chance to win both football games and we just make the plays that are you know that, that kind of come our way uh, make those plays then then maybe we're we're talking a different story so um, I can draw a little bit on the injury you know front from 
the last couple of seasons, but but honestly, it's uh, it, that's not what's keeping us from winning these two games. Uh, Fletcher, 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 Fletcher Cox been seeing more double teams as a result of the injuries to Malik Jackson. No, he still he always gets uh, the attention of, of offensive linemen, uh, D coordinators. You know whether it's. Uh, you know, guard center, and sometimes even backs that that that, that chip him. Um, besides our two outside guys, but uh, draws a lot of attention, and uh, it's it's tough. You know, it's tough. And and of course, you know, having having two big injuries at that spot too. You know, to keep guys fresh and rotated in there is, is hard. How concerned are you about Fletcher right now? He doesn't seem like he's playing to the level we've been accustomed to seeing from. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to look back to it at BG um, a year ago. You know, BG missed a few games, and and it took him a couple of weeks to kind of get his legs. I think I think Fletcher's. You know, he he's he's coming. Uh, he's coming, and uh, you know, I'm not concerned with him at all. Um, I, I'm excited actually of where he's at health wise and, and how he's practicing and, and things like that. And and he's, you know, obviously a top top defender, top player for us. And um, you know, I, I think his best ball is ahead of him. Doug, you have a, a veteran laden roster, but it's also an older roster. Uh, are you seeing the, the downside of that early in this season with some of the injuries? Um, I mean, I, I, if, if you're going to draw a parallel, I, I guess, you know, maybe that's what people would think, uh, older roster injuries. But even some of these injuries are, um, you know, um, are probably an effect of just – you know, it's football. It's it's a it's it's a rough sport, and um, it's hard to put a finger on some of them. Um, you know, we do so much in training camp, and we do so much with our strength conditioning program that uh, you know things things are going to come up. But uh, I will say this: guys have battled through injury uh, to play, and they continue to do that, and, and that's the positive thing. So what's your practice plan for tomorrow? Do you? going to be a regular practice or you maybe have a walkthrough like you did last week yeah i mean it's just with a short week you know to have a normal practice schedule and and go out and bang around is hard guys are extremely sore today and tomorrow and then we, we leave on wednesday so um you know i'll do a lot of walkthroughs a lot of a lot of mental reps things like that this week to prepare for thursday yeah. what did you see from miles sanders uh throughout the spring and summer that made you so confident to make him essentially mostly the guy. You know, I wouldn't say the lead back, but he has got the most snaps. Yeah, I mean he's 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 really um, the way he's handled you know his business from the X's and O's standpoint. Um, you know, handled the offense, uh, how he's run in practice. Um, you know how how he's caught the ball out of all the things that we've we've seen him do. Um, have really given us the confidence to to play and to play him and and um and that's i mean he he's done everything he he can do and and uh through otas which he he missed but through training camp and how he got himself his body in shape and prepared and and then now even into the first part of the season he is young he understands that we understand that um there's going to be probably a few Growing pains with him, but but the more we put him out there, um, you know, the better he's going to get. Did you see anything um, with ball security that concerned you, um, whether it be from college? Uh, well, I mean, there was you know, there's obviously you know, the history of running backs. When you look at them, there's always going to be 
you know, if you look at the, the full body of work, everybody's going to have ball security issues. Quarterbacks have interceptions. Running backs have fumbles. Tight ends have fumbles, all of that. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to point a finger there, you can. But um, I know this. Deuce does a great job with, with the ball security aspect in practice and some of the drill work that he does. And, and uh, you know, we've just got to make a conscious effort, hang on to the ball. In the past two games, Carson's been sacked six times, hit 14 times. Is is that on the offensive line? Is it on him? Is it on the wide receivers? How do you see it? Um, I mean, it could be a little bit of everything. Uh, could be, you know, the protection for the most part, you know, uh, has been really good. You know, the backs have done a good job there. Um, it could be a, that he's trying to make a play, so he's hanging on to the ball just an extra tick. Uh, receivers trying to separate at the top of the route. There's a lot of factors that go to go into that. Scrambles go into that. Um, so you know, it's not all on one person. We got to look at that as an offense and and uh, stay out of third and long situations, which we were in. I think eight times we were third and seven plus yesterday. So it's hard, and uh, we got to. It's way too high. You know, you're way too high. You'd love to have at least half of that. You know, in a football game, if you have three of those, four of those in a game, you're probably okay. You'd love to be in that four, five, six range a little bit more, um, which means we got to focus better on first and second down. We'll talk about um, Miles' production and everything. When you also look at JJ, another one, you know, another rookie and stuff, I mean, he played a lot of snaps the last couple of weeks. The production hasn't been great, but, like, where do you see his, his potential and everything? I think it's, you know, number one, it's great for – you know, we drafted both of those guys for a reason and uh, to come in and help us help us win games. And, you know, um, both of them have had opportunities now early in the season to play. And and I think it's I think it's a great experience for both of them. Uh, you know, J.J. is going to get better every time he, t- he, he takes the field, you know, uh, learning, just learning the game and learning how I think too, just learning how to prepare mentally, how to study defensive backs and, and what. You know, what are the tendencies of defensive backs, just like they look at, at receivers. And all of that's part of becoming a professional. And this is what these two guys are, are learning. You know, Andre's learning that same thing, even though he's probably had a few more opportunities, um, you know, to play as far as, you know, in training camp and things like that. Um, but both these guys are going to be fine. You know, I'm excited about uh, their futures and, and uh, how they can help us win. I mean, we're talking, what, two fumbles or at least the ball on the ground in one game. I mean, Nelson, that one year, it sort of kind of was one or two here, and then it just sort of kind of continued, you know. We're drawing off a, you know, one game, you know, and so it's hard to, it's hard to say at this point. You spent a lot of time in Green Bay, obviously. How, how intimidating can that building be and uh, how challenging for young guys to go in there and just kind of treat it like a, re- a regular game? Yeah, uh, great place to play, number one. Um, you know, I, I, I was there when, when we, you know, at the time renovated the stadium the first time, and now it's obviously been renovated before or again and, you know, where it is today. It's, it's, a, it's a loud place. Very loud. Um, it's a great place to play. It's a great football atmosphere. The field, the, the fans are right on top of you. You know, it's close. Um, it's it's tough. I mean, it's uh, it's almost a dome environment. You know, uh, because of the because of the the noise. So, um, you know, we got a couple of days to prepare for that, and 
work our silent count. You know, again, we had great experience in Atlanta, so we'll take over, take take from that into uh, into Green Bay. What jumps out to you about the Packers now? They they made some changes defensively. And... Yeah, well, I, what jumps out? What I've seen so far, um, one obviously, you know, offense is being efficient and and uh, and being able to score score early. Uh, defense has been opportunistic. I mean, you look at this game, you know, yesterday against the Broncos, they, a couple turnovers there, one before half and then in the third quarter that caused, you know, or allowed, you know, 14 points, you know. I mean, you, you look at Denver and you look at us and you're going, geez, hang on to the football. And uh, maybe you got an opportunity there to, you know, they had a touchdown that was called back because of a penalty and things like that. So th this defense is very opportunistic. They can They can give you a lot of problems on third down. You know they'll play five, six, seven DBs, um, and uh, they got a you know Coach Benton's got a pretty good you know blitz package. So short week, uh, we got to prepare and, and get ready to go. At what point do you consider making any changes in personnel, like maybe uh, throwing Sharif in there or Deshaun? It's been three games and the ends don't have any sacks. So. Um, I think we're still early in the season. I, I think we're. Uh, we're, we're way too early to start, you know, making making too many, you know, just kind of knee jerk reactions a little bit on personnel, um, and uh, we just we just got to coach up the guys we have too, and we, we just got to get better. I mean, it's it's about what we do um, a lot each week, um, not so much what our opponent does, but if we just do the right things, then you know, again, we're standing here maybe. Two and one, or at least maybe three and zero. On the fourth and five of the game, the one that, that the one that ended you up. You mentioned that earlier that there were plays there to be made that just weren't being made. Why not? Why not? Um, you know, I talk a lot about uh, hold your focus. Um, you know, uh, you know this this game comes down to one play one play at a time mentality, and and you got to be engaged on that play max effort, max concentration. And sometimes when fatigue might set in or, uh, you know, you, you, maybe, you're, maybe you're dealing with a nagging injury or something like that, it just draws from your attention. And, and um, when I say to the team that everything matters, everything matters, and it comes down to your attention to detail during the week, how we prepare, how the coaches prepare the players, uh, how they study. I mean, there's a lot of factors that can go into that. And, and then – you know, I tell the guys a lot, listen, when, when the play comes your way or when the ball comes your way, you know, make that play. Make that play. You know, that sounds easy, but uh, obviously it's extremely hard when, when both sides are, are going 100 miles an hour. Is Alshon going to be ready for Thursday? Say that. Is Alshon going to be ready for Thursday? I'm opportunistic. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, that he's ready to go. We'll see this week. we got a couple days, but, uh, you know, walk through later today. We'll get the guys in here and. I'm hoping he's ready to go. Just curious on the, the fourth and five at the end of the game, uh, the one that ended up being the Sproles pass. Uh, it seemed like there was some confusion pre-snap. I know you want to hold on to the timeout, but did you think about calling one there? No, uh, I did not. Um, wanted to hang on to those. Um, we had to play. We got the play in. We got it communicated effectively. We were just trying to get our guys lined up in the right spots in order to get that playoff. Thank you. Jeez.